missing the train every day by about one minute. It's a six minute difference. Five of these today. We went last night in one of the neighborhoods in Yerushalayim, and they just got warmed up at like 11:30. These people, they, you know, they didn't listen until 11:30 when they started. Oh, because the election? No, no, interesting. No, no, they were just. You know, half the Fabrengan was sitting in the back schmoozing the Lubavitchers, the people who come to the Lubavitch shul but aren't Lubavitchers, so they were sitting and listening. The Lubavitchers were in the back, so then. Everybody who goes, you know, so the, the, the so-called Balabatim, so they went home at the, like 11.30, and the Lubavitchers came and started for bringing. So, tired. Okay. So that is explaining this Indian Bepratius. And Misaya said, Dear Betachtenim means that the Tachtenim have to come to a, a revelation, a realization of the revelation of God here. There's already a Dear Betachtenim. But it has to be Begidre Ishtashlus. Who was the first one that did that? Adam Arishan. And we saw the Pasuk from the Shir Shalyem of Yem Shishi that Adam Arishan got all of the animals to bow down and praise the Kaddish Baruch, all of creation. And that's expressed in the Pasuk, Havaya Mala Geus Lovish. That the Abishtis Malchus was revealed. All right, so let's just start. We'll just pick up from there and go from after footnote 16 in the text. They should all yakiru, they should recognize, v'yagishu, and feel, v'yakablu, and accept this malchusi is baruch. Valderech zein, in this way, just like Adam Arishan did it in Gan Eden, so we do it through our learning Torah and performing mitzvahs. And we'll see, the Rabbi's about to explain that Adam Rishon gave us that kayach. Shal yodam, that through those activities, pa'ilim, we bring about, we cause, gilu elokuz babriya, a revelation of godliness in the world. And the Rabbi will discuss that revelation on the next page. Vezeo gam mashikosov, and this is also that which is explained, behem shechakosov, in the continuation of the Pasuk Sham. The next part, right, right after. Lovesh havaya oiz hizaza. That a Kaddish Baruch who girds himself with with oiz, oiz is strength, and we'll see that oiz is Torah. Ain oiz ala Torah, as I'll say. Hashem yevadeh, Hashem oiz lama yiten. A Kaddish Baruch who gives oiz to his people. What's oiz? Torah. We'll see. That the 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 pasuk says this, again the continuation. Lova shavaya, oiz he says. He, or his strength, heat azeri girds himself with, like azer begvura. The ein oiz alatara. But what's oiz tara? Ukemavur bereshimas admar etzemach tzedek, as is explained in the diary, the writings of the tzemach tzedek, alapasik, on the pasik, this pasik. Sheinian lovash havaya oizis azer. What's this idea of a kaddish baruch who girding himself with oiz with strength? Right? That that's what that means. Now, so the Tzemach Selek explains that Shaykh, that this this part of the Pasuk is Shaykh, but Kashur is connected to the earlier part. 
the revelation of a Kaddish Baruch in the world. Right, the first part of the pasuk that we that we quoted earlier in the Mimer, five six lines up, Havaya Malakeus Lavesh. So that we said is Adam Arishan bringing about a revelation of Elokus and Elam Hazer. The second part of the pasuk, Lavesh Havaya Oiz Misazer, is Shaykh to Torah. So therefore, what? How is it that you bring about the revelation of God in Elam Hazer through Torah, through learning Torah, doing mitzvahs? That we do it that way. Adam Arishan did it another way, obviously. Malchusa Shalakadosh Baruch that we reveal the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu by virtue of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Uberfrat, particularly. Alpim HaShamr, Rizal, based on what Chazal say, Shakadosh Baruch Hu toiveya kol adam, HaKadosh Baruch Hu toiveya means to, to, to create a teva. Right? Toiveya means, if someone is tava b'yam, it means they, they, they sink. Right, so so the toveya also a matbeya. A matbeya a matbeya is a coin. What's a coin? A coin is different than a piece of gold. What's the difference? It has a stamp on it. It has some sort of it's been stamped with something. A tabat. A tabat is a ring. In the old days, now now rings don't have it, but in the old days what the king's ring had a stamp. That is his uh signet, right? Boom. Stamp the the document with his ring, so that's um, that's litboa uh, uh, Make an indentation in something. So it says a kaddish baruch teveya kol adam. He so to speak stamps every person the signet of adam arishan, the choysim of adam arishan. What what does that mean? Because so, I'll say. In other words, we we get some some of Adam Adam Arishan did it in Gan Eden. We get his koyach to do it the way we do it. How do we do it? Tarn mitzvahs. And what's this idea of chosim? Why Chazal used dafka the word chosim? Why not just say we get koyach from Adam Arishan? The inyan a chosim murder al tachlis The idea of the stamp instructs regarding a very very powerful state. Where do we see this? See it in the story of Purim. What happened? Haman, a Russia, convinced Achashverosh to send out an edict that the Jews should be killed on a certain day, right? And that edict was stamped with the stamp of the king. So at the end of the story, when Haman is toast, and and uh, Esther goes to Achashverosh and says that I want you to annul this decree, what does he say? He can't. He can't. Why not? It, it has a stamp. It's been stamped with the stamp of the king. Oh, so what does that show? The stamp shows uh, uh, is is indicative of a very very powerful state of something existing such that it's immutable. It can't leave that state. Oh, so too. That's why Chazal used the lotion of being teveya b'chosmei That we have the stamp of Adam Rishon. I mean, that ability to bring about a revelation of Elokus and Elam Hazah. That's what that Kaddish Baruch gave us that ability, and it's so to speak immutable. It can't be returned. Very, very powerful. Another Rebbe quotes the, the Pasuk from, from Megillah. Megillah says to Kiksav Asher, that, you know, a, a, a writing, an edict that was signed by the king, Nechtam Betabasa Melech, that has been stamped with the stamp of the king, Ein Lashiv. Not allowed to retract it. Mikolzem moving from all of this is understood. The Iker Echidish, the essential novelty. Basia Sadira, the Kaddish Baruch Hu's creation of this Dira, 
Al Yedei Avedis Yisrael, through our Aveda, who inin a gilui. It's all about bringing something that exists into a state of revelation. And that's what mitzvahs are about. Maybe we'll say in the next page, explicitly we'll talk about it. batanya, and that's what the Balatanya says. It's the 37th chapter. The ultimate purpose of and, and wholeness of the creation of Elam Haza, that for this reason it was created in its beginning, from its beginning. The ultimate purpose of Elam Haza is Yes, we say there's all this Aveda that we do in the meantime. So far, the history of the world has been our Veda. Okay, and we'll see that in the next chapter, how, how dear that is and how amazing that is and how powerful that is. Okay, that being said, ultimately, the world is about reaching a state of revelation. The way we get to the state of revelation is our Veda. But ultimately, what the, what, what the Kaddish Baruch wants is the state of revelation, and that's Yemes Mashiach and Tchiyas Amesim, the two kufot, the two periods of Yemes Mashiach. First Yemes Mashiach, and then the second period is Tchiyas Amesim, called Eilam I'm sorry, the world of resurrection, or sometimes called Elam Haba. But Elam Haba can also refer to Gan Eden. Which it will here. So we'll call this Elam And that world doesn't exist yet. That world will be after Mashiach is revealed. So then there'll be a certain period of time, it can be up to 40 years, and then there'll be Tchitz Mason. Right away at the beginning, he makes Mashiach, the Rebbe says that Tzaddikim will come back. It's going to be very lonely up there in Gan Eden for all the normal folk because the Tzaddikim are all going to come down here right away. So they're going to have no one to forbring with on Shabbos up there because uh, everybody's going to be down here. So. Why? No, I'm not Mamish Tchiyas Hamesim. They're not going to come down into Gufi Menei Lamazim. So uh, they're going to be hanging up there, and uh, what are they going to do? They're going to have to make do without Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Sar, Rivko, Rochel, Alea, Rabbi Akiva, the Bashem all They'll all be here. There'll be a big sign. There'll be a big, one of those big signs like you have in banks. Be numbers. You have a number when you get to go back into a goof in Elamaza. There's a big sign that you have these numbers. Number you know, 422,682. So you look at your number. So then you go back to the Fabrengan and Ganeda. It's just not as much. You'll see what's going down on down here. I mean, it's just so incredible. It's amazing. It's fantastic. People are stuck up there in Ghanaian and now. They want to be down here with everybody else. Tchiyas amazing. But at some point, they'll all make it. Just takes up to 40 years, evidently. So that's Tchiyas amazing. That's what the Ebster wants. What's that? That's Gilui. It's all about revelation. Kiazia Gilui Elokos. Then the Kodesh Baruch will be revealed in a very real way. Ukemesh Kosov, as it says, regarding. That time period, and it will be revealed the glory of a Kaddish Baruch Yeshayahu, right? The, the, the prophet of Yemes of, of Mashiach, 
and all flesh will see together that the mouth of Hashem speaks. In other words, they'll see the alakus in everything. We've talked about it before. The Rebbe says that what will be the difference between Yemes Mashiach and now? We'll so have to remind ourselves of physicality. Right, exactly. Right? That, that now we, ex- we experience physicality as obvious and godliness is something that we have to constantly remind ourselves of. The words in Hebrew are that mitzias, meaning existence, created existence, is bepshitus, is obvious. And elokus is behishadshus. That's the chiddush. That's something novel. And what will happen be Yemesu Mashiach? The Yemesu Mashiach, the Elokus will be Bapshitus. That'll be obvious. And created reality, Matsyas, that'll be a Chiddush. We'll have to keep it as we'll remind ourselves of the existence of created reality. In this room right now, both of those states of existence exist. Which one are we aware of? Created reality. Which are we not aware of? Elokus. What's the difference between Matsyas and Yesh? Same, Matsyas and Yesh. Sometimes we talk about the difference between Bittl and Matsyas and Bittl Yesh, but in that context, we're just talking about the, the existence of the physical world, the existence of the Yesh, the Matsyas of the Yesh. It's not, not differentiating between the two. When we talk about Bittl, so the definite difference between Bittl Yesh and Bittl and Matsyas, two completely different states of avoidance. But, but you can talk about the Matsyas of Yesh, the Matsyas is just a word, the existence of something. So, of what? Physicality. That's obvious to us. The existence of Elokus, so we have to sit and learn Chassidus in the morning. We're going to sensitize ourselves to Elokus. We may some sure we'll learn physics. So we know we can put the book on the table. Everywhere they go. Psh. <laughs> <laughs> that leaking air every time something happens in Gashmir's. <laughs> Guy gets called up to the Torah and he holds on the Torah and he picks it up. <laughs> Didn't say a bracha yet, that's Pasha. Yeah. Psh. Wow, look, it picked up. Wow. Psh. <laughs> Don't worry, Mordechai. Guys, no, that's my pet peeve in life. People who psh all the time. They leak air every time, you know, someone, some guy who's, you know, a popular guy gets an aliyah, so all of a sudden everybody is all, pshhh. Just chill, man, just let him get his aliyah. Right? <laughs> you don't have to leak air. Gematrias cause people to do that a lot, right? Mashiach is gematria nachash. Pshhh. What happened? Why is that, why does that always happen when people say gematrias? Pshhh. <laughs> <laughs> Next time they stupid. It's not that, you know, sometimes it isn't a natural response to something. You go, Psh, wow. Okay, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll have to give someone an Leo. I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll elicit a Psh, we'll have to find someone. One of the post-high school guys. You know, okay. So what will happen? There'll be a state of Gilui, that everybody will see Elokus. Elokus will be obvious to us. Right? There's actually a pshat in that pasuk. The Rebbe's going to say simple pshat. That when we say baser, that baser will see, it means ene baser, eyes of flesh. But in Chassidus, it's also explained that flesh itself will see, whatever that means. Not, not just eyes. But physical reality will see Elokus. The hine. The, the, the power of the one who causes 
Nimsa Tomid Benifal is always found in the Nifal, in that which is caused, in the effect. Right? The Kayach Apeil is always found in the Nifal. And so the power of a Kaddish Baruch is always found in creation. It's just that up until this point it's hidden, and there'll come a point where it's revealed, and we'll see, we'll see the power of a Kaddish Baruch. What's the Kayach Apeil? So I'm going to exert, I'm going to in, 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 imbue Kayach in these keys. How? I'm going to put my Kayach in the keys so they're going to act in a way that's completely antithetical to their nature. They're going to go up. How long did they go up for? As long as my Kayach was maluvish in them, they went up. As soon as my Kayach dissipated, they stopped going up. They reverted back to their original state, which is what falls down until it hits something and it can't fall anymore. You know, and my father-in-law was an engineer, electrical engineer. I mean, went to where he worked. You know, the desk where he was, you know, busy calibrating and doing all this stuff. You know, there's all this stuff on the floor. Every now and then he'd reach down, pick something up, use it. He said, oh, but what's it doing on the floor? He said, it's the, it can't fall from the floor. It used to be on my desk and it would always fall off and I could never find it. I leave it on the floor, it can't fall from there. I know where everything is. <laughs> His office was but he knew where everything was. It was on the floor. It couldn't fall from the floor. Well, you know, learned a little physics in school, so you know, right? Okay. So what, that's the natural state of physical reality, right? Is, is, is that it falls down? Okay. What does that mean? As, they, you know, it has to, as soon as it hits something, it stops. It's on the table. It's not going to fall down. It falls off the table. It will fall down. But my hand was there. Okay. So kayachapayel in the keys is this is my is the energy of my hand throwing the keys. And as soon as that energy disappears, as much energy as I put in it, that'll dictate how high it goes. If I put a lot of energy in it, it can go pretty high. And then, but it'll still fall down. It doesn't take very long, right? See, this is called Zrikasa Evan, throwing a rock. And you throw the rock. So the rock will move commensurate to your kayach, that's maluvish, in the rock. Okay. Created reality. One sec. Created reality. What's in it, so to speak? Godly kayach. As long as the godly kayach is in that created reality, it maintains its state of creation. Were that godly reality to disappear, so then the creation would disappear, just like the, the motion of going up disappears in the keys. Why? The keys don't disappear because I'm not giving them existence. I'm just giving them movement. Right? The movement that I gave them stops as soon as the kayach, the, the, my kayach, is no longer in those keys. And then they stop. Now, they don't stop moving because they come back down because there's another kayak pulling them down. My kayak is fighting a, a more natural kayak, the kayak of the key to go down. So I imbue my kayak in the keys and it overcomes the kayak to come down. It goes up as soon as my, my kayak disappears. And then that other kayak takes over and brings it down. When does that stop? When it hits something. Yeah. Is there any sort of... Um, um analogy for the ceiling, because like with, with the ceiling, no matter how much energy you put into the keys to send them up, once they hit the ceiling, they're coming down. Yeah, but say, that's exactly the same as the, as the table. I mean, if something gets in the way, so it'll stop. Okay. Uh, okay. If I throw the ball against the wall, now, it, even if I throw the ball against the wall, the ball's <laughs> going to stop, but it's going to rebound off the wall commensurate to the kayak that I put in the ball, right? So it's going to uh, come off the ceiling the same way. So it's not that my kayak disappeared, just something got in the way. So, you know, throwing the ball against the wall and catching it, that'll do that forever. 
unless you hit it back at the wall. What? Unless you hit it back at the wall. Why would Buckeye unless they don't throw it right? So one of the games in New York was stoop ball, right? How do you hit the ball? Couldn't hit the ball. One had bats. So how did you hit the ball? You bounced it off the stoop and went that way. You could get a single, a double, a triple, or a home run. How far it went. So what do we see? We'll see the Elokus and beauty and everything. It's there. Again, it's, it's all a matter of Gilu. That's what the Rebbe is emphasizing this whole page. It's all there. It's just a matter of bringing it into a state of, into a state of Gilu. And that's why the Rebbe, when the Rebbe challenges us to see Mashiach, what does he tell us? Open your eyes. What do you mean open your eyes? It means it's already there. Just open your eyes. Ukatar is about Shem like the Torah of the Baal Shem Whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Baal Shem Shem was born in the year Nachas. Taf Nun Ches. Nachas. Gave the Abish a lot of Nachas when he was born. So this is what, 300 and how many? 21 years. 221 years. Seems like yesterday. Katars of Bashemtav Alapasak Lielam Havayad Devarcha Nivsham Nitzab Bishamay. Forever Hashem, your words stand in heaven. And what does the Bashemtav say about that? You know it from Shayukud Vamuni and Tanya, second part of Tanya, what's Pshat? In the world of creation I was killed uh, in in the in the Right, bidiuk, right? That the, the words Yehi Rakia, that's exactly what the Alter Rebbe says, right? The words Yehi Rakia, which brought the Shemayim into existence, the energy of those words are when we say Kaddish Baruch Hu said that, what does that mean? He didn't talk like you and I talk. What, you know, what's speech? Speech is bringing thought into a revealed state outside of the thinker, so to speak. Now, relative to you, it's not so to speak, it really is outside of you. Right? When you speak, so then your thought, which was heretofore hidden, now becomes revealed outside of you. Okay, now there is no reality outside of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Right? He's reality. Okay, that's why I call him Hamakim, the place. The, he's the place where reality is. It's not that he's in the world. The world's in him, so to speak. Okay, so, but, but we, we use the, the, the Moshal in the Torah, we use the word speak. He spoke and created the world. What does that mean? He revealed the thought, the thought that there should be a creation. He revealed that thought, so to speak, outside of himself. He brought into being an existence that seems to be outside of him, seems to be separate from him. Ultimately, it's not, but it seems to be. That's speech. Okay, and that energy is constantly, the energy of those letters which are the periodic, the metaphysical periodic table. The, 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 those letters are, are, we did it yesterday, we did the math, right? 22 times 21 over 2, right? 231, is the, is the energy that, that vitalizes creation. And it's always there. Because if it weren't there, so, so just like throwing a ball, as soon as your energy disappears in the ball, the ball falls to the ground, so too the world would cease to exist. Shadavar Havaya Hamahave, the word of Hashem Hamahave that brings into being, Hamehave, causes to be. Which is something that only a Kodesh Baruch can do. You and I can't cause something to be. We can change it from one state of being to another state of being, but we can't cause something to be. He, he does. Hamahave Koldavar, Nimsa Beitamid Lachayesh is constantly found in it to vitalize it. 
Not, because from your our point of view, of course, so the thing is was was created, and now it's 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 already there. Now it's continuing to be vitalized by that energy. Now really, it's being recreated every macro moment. Okay, okay, but the, the Rebbe's not going there now. That's not what he's interested in explaining. So he just says that what that the the initial energy that brought this thing into being continues to vitalize it. And that energy doesn't disappear. Right? A caveman might think that if you put some energy into a light bulb, it's called electricity, so then you don't have to maintain the energy surging into the light bulb. It's in there, and you, you can now take the light bulb home and put it in your cave and read by it. So the light bulb's not connected to the source of electricity, so it stops giving light. It doesn't stop existing, because the electricity isn't the source of its existence. But it is the source of the existence of the light that comes out of it. Okay, so disconnect that from the electricity so it'll it'll just be a piece of glass okay right we all know that that's push it okay well that's the way reality works only not not in terms of giving light but in terms of essential being right the godly energy that's keeping that light bulb in existence is constantly vitalizing it and were it to disappear it would be exactly the same as this taking as stopping the electrical current there would no longer be light okay there, there would not not only would there no longer be light there wouldn't be light bulb disappear. Wouldn't turn to dust. Just gone. Poof. As if it was never there. Why? Because what is it? It's that energy. Glad I didn't wipe my mouth with that. Not sleeping makes you do crazy things. Okay, I'm done. I'm not going to make that mistake. Now we'll see if it works. If all of a sudden it gets quiet at the Amma today, someone come wake me up. Just give me a little <laughs> shake. So keep going. Oh, where was I? I don't know. Somewhere over <laughs> no one's paying any attention, so don't worry. Just go right there and everything will be okay. Huh? Meditating. All right. We talked about yesterday, right, Rabbi Fifton's line about uh, telling husband secrets. Same thing. It's always there. Elo. So it's always there. So what's the problem? We don't see it. It's there. We just don't see it. Now the Rebbe says something really interesting. Elo, yechidei skula. Except, what are yechidei skula? We saw it in 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 Anila Dedi also. Mufcharim shabam yechidei skula. What's yechidei skula? Special people. Special people see it. Who's that? Sadiqim. Sadiqim see the Elokus and everything. That's how they see reality. You and I see the external veneer. What's, be- what's behind the veneer? Elokus. It's just a thin veneer, but it, 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 we find it. It was the marshal in, in Chazal regarding the Yetzirah, that the Yetzirah, the when you're in Elam Hazah, so the right Yetzirah looks like this big mountain, this insurmountable mountain. And then when you leave Elam Hazah and you look down into Elam Hazah, you know, from above, you from Ganeid, and you look down into Elam Hazah, the Yitzhar looks like an ant. But all you'd have to do is, it's gone. <laughs> this world, whoa. How am I going to scale that? Gone. What is it? Who? Okay. What's... 
physicality in the sense that it appears to be separate from Elokus. It's not. That aspect of physicality, I mean, it exists relative to our, our experience of existence, but it doesn't ultimately exist. Phys- that doesn't mean physicality doesn't exist. Some people get stuck and say that physicality is an illusion. It doesn't exist. That's not true. The illusion is the separateness of physicality, not the physicality itself. Kaddish Baruch Hu created physical reality. How do you know? It says in the Torah, B'Resh is Bar-Lakim, it's Torah is lying? You didn't create it? Of course you created it. Physicality exists. It doesn't exist. I mean, you know, what you have to define existence. But it's not an illusion. There are people who will say it's an illusion. And the reason they say it's an illusion is because they're limited in their ability to appreciate God. God couldn't ever... I remember having a conversation with someone. I was a third person in the conversation trying not to get involved. It was hard. I managed most of the time, but I stuck in there a little bit. And someone, one of the people in the car said, well, wait a minute. He said, this person was trying to say that God, that you know, physicality doesn't really exist. It's just an illusion. So, so, the, so the, 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 the person said, well, wait a Could God create physicality that's not an illusion? So the person was quiet. So they said, let me ask it differently. Could God create physicality that's not an illusion and still be one? And the person said, no. That's kfira. That's blasphemy. I mean, it's also not true. But that's mamish kfira. It was a firm Jew. It wasn't... That's kfira. Of course he could. Not only could he, he did. According to this person, he didn't because he sees it all as an illusion. Beside it, but I, he did. Not only could he, he created physical reality, which has some, which, which on some level exists. Again, not absolutely. The only thing that absolutely exists is the etzim of God. Everything else exists only because the Akash Baruch Hu wants it to. It exists as a as a result of something else's existence. Only one thing has absolute existence that it exists by virtue of itself, and that's the Kaddish Baruch himself. He just is. There's no source of his existence. Everything else has a source, so it doesn't absolutely exist. It exists because of something else. Okay, but it still exists. Some level of existence. So physical reality exists. What's not true is that it's not elokus. That's what's not true. That it's separate, independent. That's the untruth of reality that we have a hard time getting past. And then that's the gilui is to realize that no, physicality is just an expression of godly reality. It's not that there's not physicality, it's physicality. Right? Rabbi Marash brings two proofs that, that the world's not an illusion. One is it says, is bar. the other is, if the world's an illusion, then how can you put someone to death in Bastin for being Michal Shabbos? He didn't do it. It was an illusion. Nothing happened. Right? He didn't. He didn't light the fire on Shabbos, right? or you know, uproot the plant on Shabbos. You're sitting there. You're about to uproot this plant, and you go, "No, no, no! You can't do that. It's you know, this it's this malacha, and you can't do it. And you're high of misa, and blah blah blah." He looks at the two eighty and says, "Gay fife." I know and I don't care. It's Chayv Misa, Beistin. Okay. So now he goes to Beistin. What's his best defense? It's an illusion. I didn't do it. There's no plant. 
There's no meat. There's no Shabbos. No. <laughs> He's put to death and based it. Oh, that's also an illusion. No. He did something in, a, in, a, in this realm called Elam Hazard. Yes, of course, there's a deeper, more essential state of reality. Of course. Doesn't mean things don't exist. It's a very important idea because because the, when one first encounters ideas, is you know the way Chassidus defines reality, it's very easy to then go to that point where you think, oh, it's just an illusion. Chassidus spends a great deal of time explaining that it's not, which makes God even bigger, not smaller. Other up, the illusion is what limits God because he can't, he couldn't possibly have made something that's real, that seems not to be him. No, 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 he did. That's what's so amazing. Because he's that big. He can do anything. Ulasid love what's going to happen? We'll all see it. Yebis galus lakula. We'll all see it. V'rao kolbasa yachtav kipia All fleshly eyes, because that's how the Rebbe explains it. All fleshly eyes, We'll see a lakus. Our physical experience of reality will be the elokus of it. That's what we'll see when we look at things. What's that going to look like? I don't know. It's going to be pretty bizarre, right? To completely I mean when we look at the table, we will see it in a completely different way. What does it look like? Well, how do you and I know? We don't know what that reality looks like, so I don't know. But we won't see it the way we see it now. It won't look the same. Now, that doesn't mean I don't see Formica. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no clue. But it, I, we won't perceive it the way we perceive it now. Now we perceive it, mitzad, it's yesh, mitzad, it's separateness. We won't perceive it. We'll perceive it as a, an, a, a, a revealed expression of godly reality. Does that mean we see it as, you know, see, when we use the marshal of light and kalim, so immediately we turn light into physical light. God's light isn't physical light. So, you know, people will see, oh, I'll see it glowing. You see it glowing. That's physical light. What's that got to do with godly light? I mean, that's what, if, if, if we were to make a movie, that's what we'd have it doing. It would be glowing. You'd only see the light of it. You wouldn't see the corporeality of it. Wow, pretty good word. Should have put on my gargle for that. All right, yeah? That's just us stuck in physicality, turning godly light into physical light. That doesn't what godly light looks like. It doesn't look like that. We just use that mush. What does godly light look like? I don't know. Why would it look like physical light? Physical light is waves and particles. Why in the world would I think that godly light looks like that? Well, because I'm stuck in Gashmias, and that's all I can think. So, so, yeah, when I sort of imagine godly light, that's what I imagine. So angels, angels have wings and halos to people who imagine the existence of angels. What's an angel? Sichlim nivdolim, the Rambam says, separate intelligences. Okay, meaning intelligence without a brain, so to speak. Your intelligence is clothed in your brain and works through your brain. Okay, what does intelligence look like when it's not in a brain? 
I don't, how can we possibly understand such a thing? Can we appreciate that such a reality exists? Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's such a reality. And that's not hard. That's very simple for us to imagine. I mean, we know there's a thing called intelligence. Why do we think it has to be connected to a brain? Why are we so small in our thinking? I mean, of course, that thing clothes itself in a brain, but if it's not in a body, so it's a power. What? What does it look like? It doesn't look. I don't know. It just is something. What, what, what do we experience in Gan Eden? What does Gan Eden look like? Yesterday you relayed the story of uh, Levi Yitzchak Berdichev and the altar of a walking, uh, like being, having the ability of just walking through a wall. In the times of Mashiach, when we're holding on such a high level, will we even question. need to relate to physicality at all? Will we walk through the wall? I don't know, it's a very interesting question. I, I, it very well might be, why not? What? Hopefully we can't see through them, because I'd still like you know, some privacy. <laughs> Remember, I once walked into a house that's pretty weird. So no, I don't think it's going to be like that. I hope it's not like that. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. But that, the, the walking through, that's really an interesting question, right? The Alter Rebbe and, and Rav Levi Yitzhak somehow related to Gashmias in a completely different way than you and I do. Okay, just like the stories with you know moving the clouds and all that. I, we don't. What's that all about? How do you do that? I don't know. Fine, fine. It's interesting because the Rishonim talk. I think it's the Kolba that talks about about the fact that if you look if you look in the, no Sefer Karim if you look if you look in the Chumash. So when Moshe Rabbeinu standing by Yam Yama uh, Yamsuf. And the Egyptians are coming down. What does the Kaddish Baruch Hu say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Right? What, what are you davening for? Lift up your staff and split the sea. How is Moshe supposed to understand that? Meaning, from the simple pshat in the Pesach, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying to Moshe, what are you doing? Just split the sea. Moshe is supposed to understand that that's what he can do. Why? Shemaim Shemaim Lashem, Ba'aretz Nasan Lifnei Adam, that ultimately a Kaddish Baruch who gave mastery over the world to Bnei Adam. And if you are a realized human being, then you can split the sea. And the same, I'm pretty sure it's in Sefri Karm. It might be the Kolba, I don't remember. This is pre Hasidus. You know, like the ideas written by Rishonim. Might be the, it might be the cold, but it might be safe for your I forget. I forget. It was a long time ago. You saw it. So, so he explains exactly the same thing by by Yoshua. So, what's the difference between Yoshua by by Shemesh and Doim? Yeshua doesn't ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu what to do. What does what does Yeshua do? He looks up to the sun and says, "Stay there," and it does. And he explains, the Maral brings it, and the Maral explains that the Ur of Yoshua is more powerful than the Ur of the sun. Yoshua's Ur is a metaphysical Ur, the Ur of a tzaddik, and he's more powerful than the sun, so Yoshua can look at the sun and say, just stay there for a while. And that, he doesn't ask God to do a miracle, and Yoshua doesn't do it. And that's one of the, that's one of the, 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 the those, again, again, I think it's the Kolbe, the Sefer Karma, I don't remember which, Explaining the difference between Mesha and Yoshua, that Mesha, and this is to a, so to speak, a lacking in Mesha, meaning Mesha had to be told by a Kaddish Baruch Hu 
to split the sea. Why didn't he just understand that he could do that himself? Just like Yeshua didn't have to be told by Kodesh Baruch to make the sun stop. He just saw there was this need for this, and he made the sun stop. Now, there's a question in that. Why didn't he just win the war miraculously faster without the sun stopping? Okay, interesting question, but Rabbi asks it in the sea. You want to do a miracle? So win the war fast. (laughs) Win the war before sunset. Miraculously, as opposed to win the war naturally by making the sun stop supernaturally. Okay, really good question, right? Really, it's never no one ever thinks of that, but that's why the Rebbe's the Rebbe. Okay, fine, that, but that's a separate issue. But if you look in the story, at no point does Yeshua ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu what to do. Or Yeshua just says, "Stay there for a minute," and he does. Not just a minute. That I understand question as to what happened to the whole, all, all the rest of the marechet of heavenly bodies that are very connected to the sun. Did they also stop? When he said, "Okay, go," where did the, did the sun just pick up from where it left off, or did it go to where theoretically it should be? Meaning, Mela, here in Eretz Yisrael, it's five thirty in the afternoon. Everybody's rushing to Davan Mincha, but all, it's still light out. Like, what's going on? And people are hanging around in Shul one in the Davin Mara, but it's still light. You can't figure out why it's still light. Well, Yeshua's over there. I mean, not everybody was there, right? A lot of the Jews were just at home, wherever they were. Right? So Yeshua's fighting this battle. And, and so the rest of the Eden, they're like waiting the Davin Mara, and it's still light out, and they can't figure out, like, why is it still, it's like, should be Mara by now, no? I mean, you know, they're, they're, they didn't have watches, but their body clock said it should be Mara. Okay, mainly them, right? But how about the guy in, in, in I don't know, Maryland, which didn't exist yet, but there were, you know, were, I assume there were people there, right? wherever, the natives in North America or the natives in Europe, a few hours earlier, seven hours earlier, the natives on the west coast of America, ten hours earlier. No, so that wouldn't make such a difference because the end of our days, well, maybe, maybe in the right time of year, so it's supposed to get light. It's not getting light. Where is the sun? What's happening? The sun's disappeared. It's not coming up. Guy gets up. How long does it stop for? There's a few hours to win the yeah. war. So in L.A., there's no L.A. yet, I understand. But over there, right, there's Hawaii. There's these people in Hawaii expecting the sun to come up. It's still dark. I wonder if they didn't think like, whoa, you know. Like what's wrong? And they're walking around. You know, there's again, there's no watch, but they have a body clock, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure they were very sensitive to that because they had to be because that's how their life worked, right? It's not coming up. Guys, you know, walking around. They got out of bed already because like they can't sleep anymore. It's still dark. Bumping into each other. Hey, what, what's happening? It's, it's, it's dark, right? Is this, you know? And they name some Avedah Zara, maybe, who's angry at them and has made it dark and it's going to stay dark and they're all worried. And then all of a sudden it got light again. Now, when it got light again, where was the sun? Was it in the east starting to rise just four hours late? Or was it four hours in the sky? It just everything reverted back to where it should have been. I don't know. Because, I mean, it's a question asked in Svarim about the whole story. Right? And what happened to all of the other heavenly body, bodies that are dependent on the sun one way or the other, whether the sun revolves around them or they revolve around the sun or wherever you, you know, chart that. 
Right? So, you know, modern science does it with everything revolving around the sun. So what was Mars doing when the sun is standing still and Mars is revol revolving? What's it called? Orbiting. Orbiting around this thing. But it's not move. Wait a minute. It's supposed to move. Or it's not supposed to move. I mean, now it's, so to speak, moving. <laughs> Usually... Obviously, the sun doesn't stand still and we revolve and we, we orbit around. That's ridiculous. Nothing's standing still. It's just bodies moving relative to each other in space. One way of plotting that movement is by saying the sun is stationary and all these things are moving around it. Another way is saying that we're stationary and things are moving around us. That's how the Rambam plots it all. The Rambam can send a, a spaceship to Saturn. He can make those calculations. Probably in a more, in a less simple, it's not simple, but a, a, a more confusing and complicated way than the NASA scientist does with the sun in it. It's easier that way, there's no question. But can you do it that way? Yeah, the sun, the, the Rambam does. He tells you where the moon's going to be in 450 years. That's the problem. Where it will be relative to us. There's no problem. He doesn't have issues with that. He can do that with his mathematical equations explaining the movements of bodies in space. Because, I mean, you know, this, you, you ask your average modern person, and they'll, well, the sun stands still and everything else moves around it. It's ridiculous. What do you mean, stand still? What does that mean? Where is it standing still? It's held by strings? I mean, what, what does that mean? It's nothing standing still. It's just things moving relative to each other. When you fly over the Earth, the Earth is standing still and... You're moving? Well, yeah, because you're still in the orbit of the Earth, but what if you could make a spaceship, and this is what they're talking about doing, that'll go out of orbit and come back in. So you'll take advantage of the Earth's spin to get there faster, right? Because <laughs> it'll spin the way you want it to spin, and you're not. You're, you're not affected by that spin, because you're out of, out of the orbit. So you send it up, has to hang out there a little bit. Wait, the Earth's doing that 500 miles an hour due east, right? That's pretty fast. Goes around in a day, so evidently that's I think it's 500 miles an hour. Okay, you don't feel it because you're on it. You're also going 500 miles an hour, sort of, not really, but sort of. Right? What? Thought the rotation was a year, not a day. What? Spins every day. Right? Goes around the sun every year. Spins every day. That's why some of it's not seeing the sun and some of it is seeing the sun. Right? It spins. We spin around, don't we? Don't we spin around? That's what I, I, I understood. So evidently that's, I mean, to go all the way around, meaning to start here, and go all the way around in 24 hours, so evidently that's 500 miles an hour, isn't it? I mean, that's how long it would take a plane. If you sent the plane up, fly from Tel Aviv to Tel Aviv around the world, it would take it, evidently 24 hours, wouldn't it? Right? Nine hours to bank. It would take a little longer, right? But whatever. Something like that. Okay. So send the plane up, out of the orbit. All you have to do really is put ropes. You tie ropes up above the orbit of the Earth and have them hang down into the Earth. You have to be careful because you get smashed by these ropes. But theoretically, grab onto a rope. <laughs> Stand up, the earth will spin underneath you, and then you jump off. <laughs> but you can't do that. But it would be cool. <laughs>
Yeah. Um, did the, the hours that that the, the that the sun <coughs> stood still did did that mess with the calculations in terms of like? Well, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly what we're talking about. There's two different ways of understanding it. The bigger miracle is that it didn't mess with the calculations. That's exactly what the question is. Everything else that's dependent on that sun's movement or lack thereof, whatever you call it, was that also messed up? The moon, the cycle of the moon, was that also messed up? Because somehow relative, the sun and us relative to each other, so to speak, aren't moving. But there's all sorts of other bodies in space that move relative to those objects. So what happened to them? Well, again, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter whether you say it's moving around the sun or the sun's moving around. It doesn't matter. It's all relative. So there's all these other objects in space relative to those two. You can also chart their movement. What happened to them? That's exactly the question. The bigger miracle is that nothing happened to that marech. That's, that's an even greater miracle. How can that be? It's all dependent on each other. Who knows? When Mashiach comes, we'll, we'll ask. We'll say, no, how'd that work? Yeah, they disagree. That's exactly what they're saying. There's a machlekes about this. Meaning, not so much they disagree. Everybody says, like, those are the options, but which one? Everybody's aware of the fact that those options exist. There are not any places for the how, what, what kind of, how, how, could, how, it's a miracle. How could I, what would I, what would I use as a basis for my understanding of how Mars was affected by the Psukim in story about Yoshua? I, 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 what would I use? Right? Unless I'm, I have, you know, supernatural intellectual powers that's called Navua and someone told. But the Navua is there written in the book. It says, this is what happened. Well, how do you, okay. How do you d- understand that happening? So someone who thinks about it, when they read the story, would realize, wait a minute, there's this, uh, there's this other aspect to this miracle that is not explained at all. Like, how, what happened to everything else? Okay, doesn't say. So how am I supposed to know? I o- the only thing I know is the sun and, the sun and us. That I know, because it says so. So that's not a problem. I understand that. What happened to everything else? Oh, that's really interesting. The man on the moon, well, you know, it was, uh, the, the Martians, what were they doing? I mean, something weird is happening. What's happening? I don't know. Like, or not. That's an even bigger miracle. If there's no change in their relationship, you know, there's no one there as far as we know, right? But say, let's say there's some guy on Venus. Bunch of peak, a bunch of creatures up there. So if there's no change whatsoever in their understanding of reality, so then that's really miraculous because it's all one unified system. So how can there not be a change if, if the movement of the sun relative to the earth is, is different? So then it should affect everything because it's one unified system. The solar system, what you and I call the solar system. It works in harmony with each other, right? Meaning NASA can send this incredible forward pass of a spaceship to Saturn, and they send it over there. Where's Saturn? Over there. But what do they know? In, I don't know, let's, I'm picking an arbitrary number. I have no clue how long it takes to get to Saturn. But let's say they know that in two years, when that spaceship is going to get there, Saturn will be there. 
Okay, so now when a quarterback does that and he throws it 15 yards ahead of the guy and the guy runs under the ball, we go, wow, that, that's pretty cool. I didn't know just to put it right there, but that, that's pretty cool. But then you're talking 30, 40 yards. You're talking millions and millions, hundreds of millions of miles. If you miss by an inch down here, you're, you're 10 miles away by the time you get to Saturn. Right. Okay. But they send spaceships to Saturn, right? We've all seen the pictures, right? If you haven't, go online, NASA. You'll see the most amazing pictures of Saturn. This is already, what, 10 years ago they were there. They're, they're, it's like some, it's gone its way to somewhere else. I'm not sure where. Did anybody know where it's going? It's on its way somewhere. It got into orbit around Saturn and sent those unbelievable pictures of Saturn. Just mind-boggling pictures. Like, mommers, pictures of the rings and, and the... Uh, there's what, an incredible picture of the shadow of one of the moons of Saturn on the, on the, on the, on the surface of Saturn. You see these little... It, it's unbelievable. They're up there taking pictures. Okay, they. Uh, uh, spaceship. And there's guys in Houston going, you know, playing on their computers, the ultimate computer game. They've actually got this thing up there. Okay. And then what? Then they say, okay, enough of Saturn. A little thrust of the engine, out of orbit. It's no longer in Saturn. Where's it going? I, I don't know. It's going somewhere. I mean, there's, they sent it somewhere. I'm not sure where. I don't think so. As far as I know, it's still up there and on its way somewhere. I'm not sure. But astounding, amazing. We have to stop in one minute. Let's find it. We'll, we'll just finish the paragraph next time. See, I say, I say this to you guys in Gemara all the time, right? With no sleep, so then there's no filter, so it's just a forbring. So, so that's what happens. But the, the world's a pretty amazing place. We'll see this with our physical... Also on the level of Torah. The Kiddush of the Torah that we'll hear from Mashiach, we'll see the ideas... Not just, so to speak, now, what would you say we do? We? How do we relate to ideas now? Conceptually. Okay, so what would you say as opposed to re'iya? What would you call that? What? Right, shmiya, hearing. We hear it. Right. It's the beginning of the varim. Meshur Bainu wants to go into Eretz Yisrael with Am Yisrael. He wants them all to be on the level of re'iya, which is his level. Nope. So then what, is, then what does he say? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Eka v'sher tishma'un, that you'll hear. Right? Interestingly enough, there is a latent re'iyah in every single one of us that Mesha has imbued us with, because he asked the Kaddish Baruch for that, and then he was granted that. And that's why the after, after Parshas Eka, Mesha Rabbeinu says, Re'ei anoichi noisein lefneichem ayom burocha. Yet there's a certain level in which you can also experience re'iyah. But it, it's ultimate re'iyah will be lost level. That's what the Rebbe says. The Torah will be b'bechinus re'iyah, hainu bizgalos l'kulam, revealed in a, in, in, to everybody. Right? Truth, absolute reality will just be self-understood. Okay. Uh, to 